Hello, everybody. This is Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie. Hey, all the way from Texas, and this is the Shields Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and we are on location today at Shields Fishing University in Chamberlain, South Dakota. And with me is Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie. Wally, how you doing today? <laughs> hey, man, this is an amazing place, man. All the way from Texas up here, and you're driving along, you know, I flew into Sioux Falls, and you're going along, and all of a sudden, you just fall off in a river. So it it is, I've drove around for the last couple of days just looking at the area, and this is an amazing place, and I've heard a lot of stories from the guys here at the Fishing University about the Missouri River and how fertile it is and how many fish is out there in that river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a different place because I was, I was driving from Fargo with one of my coworkers and, you know, it's just field, field, field. And then we get about 10 minutes out of here and I go, don't you think it's crazy that 10 minutes away from here, there's going to be a walleye tournament in about a month. And he's like, I haven't even seen water yet. And then we drive down in there and then right. it just turns into like a totally different area. But, you yeah, know, I've, excellent I've never fishery. Been in, I've never been in this part of the world, you know, as far as, uh, doing anything fishing, you know, or hunting, but I definitely want to come back. Okay, nice. Well, I, you kind of you kind of took one of my questions there. I was going to ask if you've done much crappie fishing up north. Well, I have been to Rainy Lake in Minnesota, and uh, last year I did a TV show over there with Fish in the Midwest, and we were fishing some glacier lakes uh, in the summertime. And I was just showing them my techniques of how we would go about dissecting the lake and to where you don't have any structure in any of the lakes because you can't put structure in the lakes. Mm-hmm. And so we were fishing natural grass lines uh, on those gra- glacier lakes, and we just whacked the crappie. That's awesome. So what sort of tactics would you use then? Well, we were casting because the water, of course, is extremely clear, and so we were casting uh, horizontal with the, uh, uh, grass lines, you know, we just get right beside it, line up on it, then cast and those crappie would dart out of that grass and grab your bait. Then if you could see some holes in the grass, you could cast to those holes and let the lure sink down in there and catch them that way too. But mostly casting anywhere from 35 to 40 feet using the slabalicious strike king lure okay. with a paddle tail on it. All right. For for people that don't know what that slabalicious is, can you just kind of describe it and talk about what it does? Well, it's a two inch bait to start with and uh it has ribs on it and uh it's got about an inch and a quarter just a narrow tail then it goes to a paddle. And so with the slightest movement that tail moves so much. And, you know, using a two-inch bait in Minnesota for crappie is unheard of. But believe me, they will kill it, mm-hmm. you know, using a bigger type bait. Most most of the baits they use in, up north is small ice fishing jigs and stuff like that. 
but we were actually using a 16th ounce jig head with that Slabalicious, uh, Mr. Crappie Slabalicious by Strike King. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a lot of times it's finesse and, you know, fishing bobbers and, you know, going to weed lines and edges and finding that structure and stuff. But yeah, I'll have to admit, I haven't used baits that big for crappie, but you definitely have me interested. And I'm sure you can target the bigger fish out of the school that way too, right? Well, the, the fish we were catching was anywhere from eight inches to 12 inches, Okay, you know, and there wasn't really any monster crappie in there, but there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun when you just get into a mess of them. I mean, that's oh, probably man. my favorite thing about crappie fishing is because, like, when you find them, there's usually a bunch of them around. Well, I'll tell you what, that that's what drove me to crappie fishing, you know, is because you can sit in one area and catch 100, 50, 25, whatever. You just catch a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, and also, you get to eat them. They are delicious. Oh, it's the best table fare. I know uh, up in the North Country, walleye's the number one sought-after fish. But, hey, if you're passing them crappie up, you're making a mistake. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'd say, you know, walleye and crappie are just, you know, I'll, I'll put them equivalent. Both of them are number one on my list of table fare. But um, when you catch them through the ice, that's when they're really good. Oh, yeah. Hey, Several years ago, I got an opportunity to go to uh, Rainy Lake up there in International Falls, Minnesota, and uh, fishing through the ice was my first experience, and I caught a lot of crappie. It was it was amazing how you can do that, and you know I caught more northern pike than I did crappie, but mm-hmm. we caught some nice crappies through the ice. I'm okay. talking about 13, 14 inch fish. Yeah, that that gets into a really good crappie around here. You get anything over thirteen, that's a right, that's a very right, nice fish. Right. So what what was your sort of strategy when you were targeting them through the ice? Well, I was with um Woody's Guide Service. Actually one of the reps from Blakemore Lure Company set the deal up and this is way back, probably twenty years ago. And uh I don't know. I guess he had his favorite spots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we were drilling through 24 inches of ice. That that was amazing to me. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like you could you could drive a semi out there well, if you yeah. wanted to. <laughs> we was, you know, we were on the snowmobiles and pulling our huts, and I was thinking, you know, it's going to be super cold. But once you get inside your little hut, man, it's warm. You coming out of some clothes now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a great experience for me and being from Texas and going ice fishing. And then we went over into Canada and fished over there too. So we actually went up on the land and then come down on the other side of the lake over there in another bay. And uh, we caught the bigger crappies on the Canadian side than we did the United States side. So Okay. Yeah, I mean, crappie fishing through the ice is probably my favorite type of fishing just right. uh, i love it i i don't do the hot style though so but with the with the live scope and stuff it's uh 
it's almost like a cheat code for crappies, well, you know, you know it's uh, with, especially like through the ice, you'll go and you'll find them and you'll drill on them, but you gotta be quiet though. I think that that's a, that's definitely a common theme with like the, the summer fishing stuff. Cause like if you're out there with them gas augers and rah, making all that noise, they're going to scatter. But if you're stealthy, you can, you can really make it happen. It's the same way, you know, down in Texas when you're trying to, get in on some crappie, you know, and you see them with your mega live and you're scanning and you spot one, hey, you can't get too close to him because the trolling motor, just stepping wrong in the boat, you got to be still because noise will spook them. Mm-hmm. Any kind of noise. Yeah, especially it, with more pressure, more fishing pressure. Yeah, yeah, the pressure that's being put on them today with live scope, they stay on the move. I don't know how they know it, but <laughs> it just seems like these cats, the bigger fish that are out by themselves that are suspended that you're casting to or you're that you see out in open water, those are the ones that can get really spooky. And when they, they feel that pressure or you can't even throw a shadow on them. So you have to approach the fish from the right direction because if you throw your shadow on them, that will even spook them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, the way crappie fishing is now with Humminbird, Big Alive. It cuts the water down for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, so when you get out on the water and you go to looking for fish, you know, I used to say, well, I need to go all the way up here to Buck Creek or I need to go all the way down here. As soon as you come off the trailer, go to start fishing because <laughs> you can find all kinds of structure, submerged structure. And that's that. What makes you a successful crappie fisherman is learning how to find the structure that are in the lakes uh, where I'm from. You know, up here you got a lot of rocks, ledges, grass, weed lines, and stuff like that. But at home, you know, people put structures in the lake, build brush piles, uh, put out all kinds of PVC stuff. You know, and so when you learn the structure. And what I've always said, build it and you will catch them, build it and they will come. Yeah. So that's an interesting concept. Cause like I, I've never fished a self before. It's, it sounds super fun, super interesting. Uh, definitely a little bit different, but yeah, it's a, just the same common theme of finding the structure, whether it be man-made or whether it would be, you know, weed lines, ledges, docks, stuff like that. So, right. When I'm going along, I've got my side imaging on. And then I see some structure, then I'll mark it and just keep going and then mark some more. Then you see some that's got a bunch of fish on it. Then I just shut it down, put Mega Live on it, and then you go right towards that structure. And man, it just lights up and you can kind of pick what fish you want to catch. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the small one or the big one or whatever. Yeah, that, so. that is one pretty cool thing about the new the new sonars. Like, I'll be I'll be ice fishing. I'll see a group of them down there, and you're almost like playing keep away with the little ones to try and target. I mean, you can even fish. you can even look at the crappie tournaments and the weights and everything that's gone way up. Like, there was a tournament on Grenada Lake in Mississippi a couple of weeks ago, or and it was fourteen crappie weighed 44 pounds oh it was like 3.29 a piece 
That's wild. Catching seven three-pounders in one day. Come on, you know? And there was a couple of four-pounders weighed in during the tournament, a 426 and a 420. Yeah, they just – I have to say, they just don't grow them that big <laughs> up here. <laughs> well, that lake down there, they do a winter drawdown. Okay. And so it's live or die because it they bring it down to almost a river – and all of these fish are in that river, and they're trapped in that lake. And they just gorge and gorge and gorge, and they just have – the growing season is amazing on that body of water. Hmm. Interesting. And some of the – you know, uh, the world record uh, was caught a couple of years ago over in Tennessee in a farm pond that was a spring-fed pond. And it, the world record now is 5.46 pounds. That's unreal. It's it's just huge, but now they're the bluegill, or a, a shell cracker, red-eared brim is now six pounds, and it come out of Arizona. And uh, yeah, this your growing seasons and the food chain of these reservoirs what drives those big fish. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what the fight was like on one of those because like I'll catch a. 10-inch bluegill up here, and it fights like crazy. You know, I would say pound. a 10-inch bluegill fights better than a four-pound crappie because yeah. it's just a steady pull on your line. It's not that fight, you know, because they're kind of sluggish when they get that big. When yeah. crappie get up in the two-and-a-half-pound, three-pound range, uh, I've caught a few. I've caught one over three pounds in my life. I've caught a lot of 275s to three-pounders. Uh, over the years, uh, but hey, a lot of people come south just to catch a two-pound fish, mm-hmm. you know, because they've never had that opportunity to do that. Yep. So, what is it exactly about the crappie that just has you fascinated? Well, when I was a young kid, um, in my teenage years, uh, my dad took me fishing. And mostly we caught a sunburn. <laughs> my grandmother up in Arkansas actually got me started brim fishing, crappie fishing, mm-hmm. you know, catch your own bait, dig your own bait, worms, grasshoppers, whatever. And so started catching bluegill and started catching some crappie when we could get some minnows. And what I liked about it is the numbers that you can catch when you're targeting crappie. Yep. Because several hundred crappie will share the same area, the same spawning grounds, et cetera. And uh, especially in the springtime down south, they come up really shallow. And uh, we took that old cane pole and caught a lot of crappie with a cane pole and a bobber. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it, one thing I haven't done yet. That'd be cool. And, you know, you see some of those. You came here and did a, did a presentation last night, and some of the rods you brought out were pretty wild. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the length of the rods is very important because you can stay back off the fish and, and reach them and get into heavy cover with a 12-foot, 14-foot rod, and you can stay back off the fish where you're not pressing them and catch them like that. But what really drove me to crappie fishing is the thump. Mm-hmm. The thump on your line is so distinct you know it's a crappie when it hits. Yeah, absolutely. Because they have that thump, just sometimes it's really light, especially when you're catching suspended fish that are in open water. When you're casting to them and you see that line jump and you just barely feel a tick. And it's that could be a 
half pounder or it could be a three pounder. So you know by, but it's got the it's got its own distinct bite. Yep, I can I can close my eyes and I can feel it exactly right now, and that's that's one thing that draws me to crappie too, and it it also draws me to bringing other people out crappie fishing too, because I, I do a lot of ice fishing for them right. and uh, I've gotten, you know, fairly good at it. And I'll bring out like my 10 year old nephew out there and, you know, like basically get on top of a school of fish and hand him the rod and be like, all right, here we go. And then I see that line start getting tense and he has no idea what's going on. And I'm like, Set the hook, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're like, it's Oh, a, I didn't even it, know there was it, a fish there. He's drawing down on it. But yeah, the thing about crappie fishing, it's a family sport. Uh, everybody from three to eighty can, or eighty plus, can go crappie fishing. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody can do it, especially in the springtime when the crappies are spawning and they come up in that shallow water. You can fish from the shore, fish from a pier, fish from a boat. I, I mean, the first tournament that I won, uh, there was a crappie thon back in the day. There was crappie thon and. They were coming to Texas, and they held it on Cedar Creek Lake. Well, I was wade fishing back then. I didn't even own a boat uh, when I won my first tournament. I just parked in front of a guy's house, walked behind his house, and got in those cattails and was wading around using a tube jig and a jig head, and I only had one color of tube jigs. <laughs> I couldn't afford, you know, I couldn't afford nothing. Well, I you know? tell you what, not many people can say that they won a fishing tournament without a boat. Without a boat, yeah. <laughs> I won several of them without a boat, yeah. That's but, awesome. But eventually they made the Wally rule and you had to fish out of a boat. <laughs> so no more wade fishing. But Just ruined it for all of us. I still Wally. like Come to, on. I still like to wade fish around the cattails and lily pads and buck brush and all of that and crappie like to get up around that type of structure when they're spawning and the the bottom of the lake's real firm you know it's not it's either a a gravel or a sandy type bottom or clay bottom Mm -hmm. and that's where vegetation grows vegetation doesn't grow in real silty water so you can get up there around that duckweed. That's what I call it. That it comes up on top of the water and lays over. Coontail moss. Yep. Coontail moss, duckweed, and, you know, like I said, cattails, they all provide the number one structure for crappies in that shade. And so they'll get back in those dark areas, and they'll spawn back up in there. And Actually, when the crappie go on to spawn, you can smell them. You can smell they, them? They put out a scent on the water. The males, when they start spawning, you can smell that aroma coming off. And it's kind of like a sweet watermelon fishy smell. And so you can be just like a bird dog. When you smell that, you can go right to the area where they are. Really? It's, it's amazing. That, I have never heard that before. Have you ever drove in your boat and you go across it and you smell the fish? Or it could be bait fish. They Bait fish put off that scent too mm-hmm. the shad, when the shad's spawning. They kind of do the same thing. Like you'll be going across the middle of the lake and then you'll smell and it's like, but yeah, you can, when the crappies go on the spine, bluegill do the same thing. You can smell them when they go to spine. 
That's interesting. And I have to admit, I have probably the worst sense of smell in the world. So I feel like I'm left out of stuff like this. But my wife, on the other hand, has like superhuman smell. Right. So I think I just need to bring her with and have her be my bird dog. For exactly. This but thing. it's like, a, like I said, it's like a sweet watermelon smell. Kind okay. of a watermelon fishy smell, you know. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's uh, a lot of times that's how I found fish, you know, and walking the creek banks and using a cane pole when I was young and, but watching that bobber go under, there's nothing like watching the bobber. Oh, go it's under. so it's, fun to watch a bobber. When you fish when a bobber all fishing. day, when you fish a bobber all day long, you go to bed at night and you'll lay down and all of a sudden you just see one of them bobbers going under you jerk and <laughs> you jump straight up out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> catch that fish but oh, love yeah it. that's what that's what drove me that's what drove me to crappie fishing is the love of you know the numbers and i got to take fish home to my mom and say you know look what i caught you know and it, yeah. it was really uh yeah there's just a great sense of pride about having a successful day and bringing it home cleaning it up feeding your family right well back then you know we didn't fillet them it was you spooned them and then ate them whole, you know what I'm saying? Really? Cut their, head, cut their heads off, you know, and take off their insides. Okay. Then, but you scrape them with a spoon, like a dinner spoon, you know? Yep, gotcha. But you, you got to have a thin one, not mm-hmm. a thick spoon. It has to be thin on the edges. So when you're scraping the scales off of them, because when I was a young boy, all I would eat was the tail because it was crispy because <laughs> I was scared of the bones, man. Okay. Yeah. When that's, I was in that's junior very high, interesting. Yeah, I got a I got a fish bone in my throat one time, and it's kind of a scary feeling, you know. Okay, gotcha. But, but a lot of people like them whole. You score it once you get it ready, and you score it on the sides. Mm-hmm. Then you roll it in cornmeal, salt and pepper, and you, it's delicious. Huh, I think I'm going to have to just try this anyways, you know, cause like I've, I've scaled plenty of fish and ate them that way, but it's always like, you know, cut the rest of it off the fish, but right. you know, just, I've got to try it sometime now. Try, now try you, you have definitely fry him, fry him about three minutes on one side and flip him over and fry him on the other side in a cast iron skillet or you can, okay. or you can deep fry the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I th- yeah. I'm going to go home and do that. My wife's going to look and be like, what the heck are you doing? I'll be like, oh, Wally told me to do it. So I got to try it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can, you can use olive oil. You can use rice bran oil from Riceland uh, okay. down in Arkansas. They make a rice bran oil that's super clean. Uh, doesn't leave any residue and stuff like that. So I would prefer the rice bran oil over anything. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna- I'm going to write that down. Yeah, check that out. I'm telling you, I'm turning you on to something because when you even cook french fries in it or anything like that and you take it out and you lay it down on a napkin, well, it don't even leave a spot hardly. Interesting. But but I put on every year at Crappie Expo that I'm doing now, we have the world's largest crappie fry. Last year, we fed 4,500 people in three and a half hours and cook 1,200 pounds of crappie fillets. That is wild. Oh, you talking about the line being like three and a half city blocks long. But it goes really quick because we got three serving lines, and we got 14 RV Cajun cookers going, 
And I'm getting hungry right now just talking. I know. I I literally, I just had breakfast before we started this podcast and you got me hungry again. Well, I'm just telling you, uh, you can go on crappieexpo.com and check out the world's largest crappie fry. And we got a lot of pictures on there and everything of what Mm -hmm. we're doing. What else do you, do you have at that expo? Well, we have all the major manufacturers. We put together an industry show that all of the crappie fishing, something that a crappie fisherman would use is at the crappie expo. Okay. From the boats, we've got all the major boat companies. We got motor companies. We got the trolling motor companies. We got the depth finder companies and every manufacturer that makes lures for crappie fishing and we have mom and pop places you know that sell and make crappie lures because there's a lot of guys out there now doing custom stuff you know and so we have a lot for the crappie angler to see what's new and blue coming out on the market because our show is in october Mm-hmm. So our ICAST show in the industry is in July, and so everybody's interne- introducing new product. So if you want to see the newest, latest, greatest of what's going on in the crappie world, come to the Crappie Expo this year in Branson, Missouri, October the 20th through the 22nd. We have a concert every day. We give away $10,000 cash every day to one lucky person on a draw. I mean, check it out. Yeah, that Crappie sounds Expo. like a pretty fantastic time. CrappieExpo.com, baby. Love it. Yeah. So, hey, I just want to go back to, you know, the seminar you gave the the Shields employees last night. So you had one of these rods and you were doing this, I think you call it a sharpshooting technique. You had you had the rod, you know, holding your rod in your one hand and, and the lure in the other. And you and you shot that dang lure like a sniper rifle and it went clear across the room. How, oh, yeah, how do you do that? Uh, the speed shooters that I have, uh, the Wally Marshall speed shooter is designed to shoot a lure like a bow and arrow. Just imagine you take a spinning combo, you got a spinning reel, you got four or six pound test on there, and then you got a 16th ounce lure or 32nd ounce lure that you can actually shoot that jig 60 to 70 feet. <laughs> and so one of the techniques that I like to do is fish boat docks because boat docks with big sun decks on them and stuff like that, walkways, sun decks, pontoon boats parked in the slips, it provides that number one structure for crappie and that shade. And so several hundred crappie could be under one boat dock. And what you're doing is you're, pulling up to this dock and you kind of turn your boat sideways and I like to put down my talons right there and then I don't have to stay on that trolling motor. You're not making a lot of noise. Yeah, you're just full on stealth all's mode at hearing, that point. All you're hearing is that sloshing coming out of there when you get that fish on. <laughs> but what you're trying to do is shoot that lure way back up underneath in one of my baits that I like to use. It's called a shad pole. It's a Mr. Crappie shad pole. It's a little two-inch bait, but it has a real fine tail on it with a ball on the end. And when you shoot that soft plastic, it's got, it skips really well when it hits the water. Mm-hmm. So you get extra distance when you're coming in at a low angle. And I like to shoot docks that where you only have like a foot distance to get up underneath it. And so the perfect place to sit in your boat to shoot a dock is in the passenger seat. 
because you're already down low on the water, mm-hmm. and you can just lean over and just shoot it up underneath them docks, and you're not up on that trolling motor going back and forth. But you got to have some anchors. You got to have talons or raptors to do that. You know to yeah, hold I you suppose, in place because you got to be pretty solid. Have yeah, yourself a good because your because your boat's going to be moving around if you don't have something solid there because. The law in Texas or anywhere else is pretty much you can fish under their docks, but you can't get on their docks. Okay. It's private property on mm-hmm. the docks, but you can fish under the docks. And so by doing this, you're looking for that perfect shot back in that shaded area, not where the sun's shining, not where the sun's hitting the water, but back under those big old sun decks or under a pontoon boat. So if they got their pontoon boat pulled in their slip and it doesn't have a lift on it, you can actually shoot the lure between the motor and the pontoon. Just okay. imagine you got your pontoon, you're looking at the back of a pontoon boat. Motor's in the center and you got two pontoons on each side. Well, you go in between the motor and the pontoon, and believe me, you can catch a lot of fish out from under pontoons and then boat slips because the people there on the docks can't fish under the boat because there's not a hole in the boat where they can fish down through it. Yeah. But it's I guess providing. you can make some sort of trap door in your pontoon. Uh, but, you you know. probably could. You probably could. I've known people that's done that, that actually has pontoon boats with houses on yep. them, you know, in the wintertime. They like to fish through the floor of their boat. I've had, I've had people do that, so... But, you know, just shooting docks. And, of course, a lot of our lakes in Texas, everybody that has a house on the lake has a dock. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of our most of our docks are built on poles, stanchions. Some of them are concrete. Some of them are made of wood. Some of them are made of steel as far as holding the dock in place, you know. And uh, crappie love to get on vertical structure. That being bridges, dock stanchions, you know, that, that the pilings that's holding the dock in place. Uh, those crappie like to get around that. I like to get on those wooden docks that's like octagon shape because in the center there's several poles. And it's way back up underneath there. And so you just concentrate on hitting those poles in the back of that or shooting towards that area. Because that's where them crappie going to be. Okay. What What is it about the vertical structure that the crappie like? Crappie suspend up and down on structure every day. Early in the morning, they'll be up high on that structure, feeding on shad and bait fish coming by. Because on that structure, you have moss and algae growing where bait fish feed on. Mm-hmm. And then the bait fish will be up early like you got a standing tree or something like that out in the lake, the fish, it might be in 20 foot of water, but the fish will be about three foot deep. Yeah. Then as the sun comes up, the bait fish goes down, the crappie go down, and so they stay on that same structure, but they just move up and down on it all day long, chasing bait, depending on where the bait's at, et cetera. And also where the sun is, you know, if the sun's beating down, they're going to get down low on that structure and be on the shady side. Yeah. I suppose that's the nice thing about that vertical structure is like 
pretty much no matter where the sun is, there's going to be at least some piece of shade there. Yes. If a crappie can get his eye behind like one stick, <laughs> you take like a tomato steak. That's what they build steak beds out of. Steak beds are done with six foot long tomato steaks. And you take a driver that's like 10 foot long or 15 foot long. Mm-hmm. And I can put a stake down in the lake in 15 foot of water, no problem. And so you just find an area, then you put about 100 or 50 stakes in one area, maybe a foot apart. You don't really don't measure it, but you just go off the side of your boat and you're putting all these stakes down in the mud. You drive them down into the bottom of the lake until they won't drive any further. It's probably a foot maybe down into the mud then that's what's called a stake bed. Then algae will grow on that wood, and it draws the bait fish, which the crappie like to get in it because all that algae provides shade with the stakes. If they can get one stick to cover their eye, they think they're hit. And you can just whack them out of a stake bed. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Yep, now, is, now you have me wanting to go down south and fish some steak beds. Well, you know, just look it up on the internet what a steak bed is when it comes mm-hmm. to crappie fishing. No, you, you've you, painted a pretty good picture with that. Well, I've, I've I'm telling you, I can now. just see one right now because last year I was on Grenada Reservoir in Mississippi where the big fish live. And it was November. And... My buddy of mine that lives there says, hey, let's go out here in 20 foot of water and scope some of these fish out here. Well, we wasn't doing too hot. And I said, man, the water temperature is 63 degrees. These fish are shallow. He goes, oh, no, man. I said, yeah. So we pulled in this cove and I seen this steak bed sticking out of the water just a little bit right at the surface. I shined over there with my mega live and it just lit up this big old crappie. I pitched in there, and the fish weighed 2.86 pounds. Nice. Yeah. So when you think crappie fishing, stay shallow, you know, as far as throughout the year. But winter times, you know, crappie will go 30 feet, seems like the magic number, in open water, and they'll stay around a lot of big schools of shad. When you find bait fish in the wintertime, you can keep it. You can stay in the crappie doing it that way in open water or go to the creeks that feed the lakes or the tributaries because it has a constant temperature and a lot of the bait fish move into the creeks and so does the crappie live there year round basically. Yep. But you can, you can catch a lot of crappie this time of year in the spring in those creeks and tributaries that feed the reservoirs. Okay, how do you like to fish that moving water? Well, it's not actually moving, okay, unless we get a big rain or something. it Sometimes it has a little current to it, but when you have current, you have mud, or you have, it makes it really dingy, murky. Now, I like murky water. I like to fish in it, but I don't like to fish in current, and crappie don't like the current. And so if there's any kind of current, you need to get on the backside of an eddy. Okay. Like if you get a river chain that has current in it, You'll get on the backside, like where a, a tributary is coming in, get on the backside of that cliff or ledge or whatever to get out of the current, and that's where you'll find the crappie because a lot of times in those areas, a lot of brush builds up or log jams, 
where that current's coming around and it gets right there to that eddy and those logs will pile up in there. Mm-hmm. And um, to be a successful crappie angler doing this technique, you need to have the right electronics on your boat to locate structure. Or you can do visual structure going down a creek bank or going down it back in the tributary to where there's a tree that's fallen off into the creek. Or you can look at any kind of old logs that's laying around or any just little stick up out in the middle of the creek. It's there for a reason. That one little old twig could be a brush pile big as your boat just from where the current has pushed logs up and maybe they hung up on a stump or whatever on the edge of a creek bank. And then it'll build a nice log jam in there for those crappie to get around to spawn because they will spawn up in creeks uh, Mm. early in the year too. Okay. Good to know, man, just a ton of information here. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to like listening to this podcast again and just like writing down all the stuff that I've been trying to absorb here. Cause I do, I love crappie fishing. It's so much fun. Like you said, numbers game that, you know, just that little thump, that distinguishing bite, that's just makes them unique. Well, it's a unique fish and like in the state of Texas, we have to, they have to be 10 inches long. That's mouth closed and the tail pinch to be 10 inches. Uh, before you can keep one, but it's 25 crappie per day. Okay. So if you come down to Texas, you can catch and keep can, a lot of crappie. You can keep a lot of crappie. <laughs> <laughs> because well, crappie are so prolific. You know, one female crappie can lay 30,000 eggs. So, you know, that's uh, they're so prolific. And you got to watch them, especially if you have them in farm ponds or small reservoirs because crappie can overtake it with uh, a ton of crappie. You just got to have a lot of bait fish. Mm-hmm. Well, there could be, there's a lot worse fish out there that can overtake a place. Oh yeah. You got that <laughs> right. But the uh, crappies like to feed, feed on uh, white crappie uh, that we have there in Texas. Also we have white and black crappie. The white crappie like to feed on feed on threadfin shad. Um, also in small brim. Um, and then the, uh, black crappie like threadfin shad and also crustaceans like crawfish and snails and any kind mm-hmm. of bug that comes in the water. Yep. Because yeah, and we sun- have a lot of black crappie around here and that's why it's so effective to fish them with like plastics and stuff. Right. And so in the summertime, and if you get in an area that has a lot of stumps or stick ups, those black crappie will get right underneath the surface early in the morning and be looking up there waiting for something to fall in the water, especially if it's a small lake with that kind of stumps and stuff like that for structure because that's how they get anything that food comes into the lake. It can only come from the air. Yeah. And so they're looking for small bugs or dragonflies or anything that hits that water they're going to try to get it. Sounds to me like fly fishing with one of them floating flies would be an effective way to target them there. Same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fishing a bobber again, you know, with a yep. floating fly. Floating fly, you catch a lot of crappie and smallmouth bass. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, hey, you know, before I let you go here, I would, I'd love to hear your favorite crappie fishing story. You got one for us? Man, I do. 
I have, you know, I started tournament fishing 1987. Won the first tournament I ever fished. That's what got me hooked. Mm-hmm. And then later on in life, I got the Mr. Crappie brand, 1997, trademarked it. But my best story was at a tournament in Oklahoma. And it came a rainstorm that just beat you into the carpet. I mean, it was just pounding so hard during the tournament. And then after the rain left, for some reason, it just like a light switch. We were fishing some ledges. Just imagine a creek channel, and you got that secondary drop-off with stumps under the water that you can only see with your depth finders or you find it with your lures as you're jigging along. And we got on those stumps and started catching them big old female crappie. And there was a man and, and his young kid across the creek there on the bank, and they was going, this is better than TV. <laughs> In 30 minutes, we caught enough fish to win that tournament, and it was just like magic. And never... Never say never when you're in a tournament or competition or you're out there fishing for fun. I just always think that the next one's going to be the big one. But we go in that day and we win the tournament by three pounds. That's awesome. In a crappie tournament. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight for a crappie tournament. (laughs) Yeah. And so won the national championship in 2003, won angler of the year in 2002. Um just always love to go and fish crappie tournaments all over the United States. I've fished them from Texas all the way to Florida up to Virginia. Far as north is Rathman, Iowa, um, Springfield, uh, Illinois, places like that. Been around a lot of places fishing for crappies all over the United States. Not so much west. I always, I'm hearing a lot of stories coming out of California, Clear Lake producing three-pound crappies. So, you know, maybe one of these days I can go far west and start promoting some crappie fishing out there. There you go. Sounds like there's a lot of tactics and stuff and a lot of things you can show them out there too. Well, they might can show me a trick or Or, yeah, maybe they can show you a few new things. Hey, you always learn. Every time you go out on the water, you always learn something new. I don't care how old you are. It's just spending time on the water makes you a better fisherman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <coughs> All right. Well, Wally, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. And uh, y- you've got me hungry. I got to figure <laughs> out. Some, I got some new ways to start cooking them and uh, and a few new methods to try. So, right. yeah, greatly appreciate you coming down to Chamberlain with us and uh, and speaking for this seminar and joining for the podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. If you want to get in touch with Wally Marshall, just go to mrcroppy.com or crappieexpo.com and. Uh, I have my phone number on there. I always answer my phone if you got any questions about any kind of techniques or tackle or whatever. But uh, I'm so excited about this year because we got a lot of new products coming out. And just check us out, mrcroppy.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you again. Safe travels and good luck on the water. Hey, when, when you're looking for some of my stuff, go to that Shield store. They're pretty good cats over there. There you go. I can vouch for that. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all.
You just heard our segment with Mr. Crappie himself, Wally Marshall. If you're interested in any of the rods or lures that we talked about in this podcast, head to shields.com or visit your local Shields store and we will hook you up. If you're interested in this Crappie Expo for 2022 in October, you can head to crappieexpo.com or visit the link in the description of this podcast. And with that, we want to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.